Rouge here. I was just doing some laundry and I wondered, do you have any favorite clothes? Because I definitely do. I have this um, red hoodie that I love more than the whole wide world. What color is your favorite piece of clothing? Is it red? Oh wait, I know. It's green, isn't it? Wait a minute. Is it? Is it purple? I love purple. But hey, you know what? People 200 years ago didn't have that choice. Hey everyone, welcome to the Science Views podcast, where we explore some of the most mind-boggling questions of the universe and try to make science fun, accessible, and relevant for everyone. Today, we're talking about how the color purple changed the world. People who lived hundreds of years ago couldn't wear bright colored clothes the way we can. They wore these boring, dull clothes that were not colorful at all. Well, at least they're common people. Kings and queens, however, now they could wear the prettiest, most colorful clothes anyone had ever seen. Do you know why that is? That's because at that time period, almost 200 years ago, the stuff that was used to dye clothes into beautiful colors had to be taken out of plants or rocks or living things. And that took a lot of time and a lot of effort. This meant that they were pretty expensive too. The color purple, for example, was extracted from a kind of shellfish that grew in a handful of places in the Mediterranean Sea. It was very expensive, so the royalty claimed it and nobody else was allowed to wear it in England. It's okay, though. I mean, many people couldn't afford it anyway. So, how did it all change? Well, the time that we're talking about was the 1850s in London. Horses on carriages would gallop in the streets lined with smoky lights. Women would wear long dresses. Men would wear hats and long coats. Maybe you'd see Sherlock Holmes running around talking to policemen with big mustaches. Great Britain ruled over many countries in the world, and many people in these countries were sick with a disease called malaria. The medicine for this sickness was something called quinine, which had to be taken out from a rare tree, so it was very expensive. And since these trees were rare, it wasn't available in large quantities either. Around the same time, at the Royal College of Chemistry, an 18-year-old William Henry Perkin was told by his teacher to find a cheap way to make quinine so that they wouldn't need the trees and everyone could have the cheap cure to malaria. Now, Henry had always been an experimenter, but he had no idea what was about to happen. Young Henry thought that he could make quinine by himself because he had a small laboratory on top of his home in London. So he started mixing these chemicals like the mad scientist that he was. He decided to use coal tar, which was the leftover black goo in lanterns that used to light up the streets, and extracted a chemical. This chemical 
was called Enaeli. Henry thought that he could use it to make quinine because both these chemicals were thought to be very similar. Once he was done mixing these chemicals in his lab, he looked into his black jar with sadness. The chemical he was trying to make, quinine, was colorless, like water. The glass jars he was experimenting in only had muddy black slush. He had failed miserably. But then, during the Easter holidays of 1856, something incredible happened. Instead of throwing away his black goo-filled glass jars, Henry washed them with alcohol, and to his amazement, that goo turned into a bright and rich purple color. He had accidentally made a new dye. He decided to continue doing these experiments without telling his teacher. He learned that the color could transfer to a silk cloth easily, and that it was pretty hard to wash away with water. It wouldn't even fade easily if he put it in the sunlight. Young Henry had failed to make quinine, but had accidentally invented the first ever synthetic dye. Anything made in a lab is called synthetic, and before this, there were no synthetic dyes. All the earlier dyes were natural. He named this dye Mulvine. Henry was very lucky because discovering purple was the right color for that time. It was like a fairy godmother had chosen him to make the right discovery at the right time. The color purple was very popular at that time because the kings and queens loved it almost as much as I do. It was considered to be the most stylish of all colors. The few colors that were available at the time were not as bright as Henry's purple dye, and they were much more expensive too. Our young Henry Perkin was very smart though. He realized that he had discovered something big. He took advantage of the situation, dropped everything and asked his father for some money to set up a factory and start making the dye in London. By August of 1859, all of London was obsessed with Perkins' newly discovered Mauveen. This purple color was all that people could talk about. Now, Henry's dye had two major benefits. Number one, it didn't become lighter after washing or being put in sunlight. And number two, the process of making it wasn't difficult or expensive. After Henry started making and selling his dye, even someone like um, a school teacher with a small salary could buy a beautiful dress in bright colors. It was no longer a color meant only for the kings and queens. And it wasn't just purple. Henry created many other colors using this same method. But our friend Henry's discovery, or rather accident, meant much more than just a few new cheap dyes in the world. People got inspired. They realized that they could use chemistry and mix some chemicals around to try and make new things. So they started making all kinds of colors, paints, and then things like rubber, 
and different types of strings and many, many medicines. Can you imagine that your pencil wouldn't even have an eraser if Henry didn't make the mistake of making the color purple? William Henry Perkin, who would have been 182 years old today, was the inventor of synthetic dyes, and he had done that using chemistry. And the best part about it was that this was a complete mistake. He didn't even mean to. So what I've learned from this is to not be afraid of failing or making mistakes, because you never know what you might discover.